Hey, Jason Rice. Thanks for joining me in another episode of Lot Party. And this show is designed, again, if you've ever spent any time on the dealership, you know what a lot party is. That's where you take everybody out, sales staff, porters, go rearrange the lot, either for a big sale, big promotion, or just to freshen things up. But we want to talk about how to have a lot party online. We're, this show is about having some best practices, how to market both new and used inventory. We're going to be interviewing dealers. We're going to be going over some best practices, things that you can apply today. There's no vendor pushing here. There's nothing, uh, no bird dogs ever received. If we talk about any product out there, it's just because of familiar, being familiar with those products. So today, we're actually going to be talking about photos. There's a lot of information out there about how many photos, what kind of content to have, how much clarity. We're going to dig deeper into photo management. Matter of fact, uh, end of last show, I talked about having somebody live at one of our dealerships, and that got uh, kind of thrown out the window because of the weather in Missouri with the flooding. We weren't able to make that trip. But we're still going to interview an expert in, in photos, uh, a guy that has um, been to college for photos, been to uh, working at a studio, high-end studio. He looks at hundreds of cars and thousands of photos of inventory, of, of inventory, helps dealerships manage those more effectively. We're going to interview him, but I also just want to go over some best practices, do a little bit of an intro, some, some best practices dealers can do now. I want to you know, interview our, our photo expert here. And then I kind of want to end the show with um, some, I would say, worse photos that we've seen out there, uh, but kind of really funny stuff. So we'll wrap up the show with some of those uh, as examples. Uh, the biggest thing that I want to talk about with photos, I think, is on a lot of topics, is how many. Um, there's been studies about it. There's been uh, arguments and debates about it. I'm of the view that the more content you put out there, the better, only because that's the shopper I am. And I think there's a lot of people that shop for vehicles or other products like myself. The more information I can get, the more comfortable I'm making and making the purchase, but not necessarily purchase online, but that to take the 30-minute trip to the dealership, to drag my wife and the kids to the dealership and deal with that. I'm not going to want to do that unless I have all the information that I, that I have and I need because I'm busy. So I'm looking for a vehicle that has 20, 30, 40 photos. Uh, there's a company out called Car Story that actually did a study that showed that nine photos actually produce more leads, a bigger conversion rate. I think it was up to 70% more uh, conversion to leads than cars that had 30 or 40 more photos. Now, that study, obviously, they have that data, but to me, I'm not necessarily looking for more leads, no more emails. I, I need people in my lot. I need more traffic. I need to sell more cars. And so I started digging into that and kind of debating it because I don't think there uh, was a deep enough dive on that. I believe when we, here's kind of one of the first best practices. I believe when you're doing photo management, one of the things you want to do is put all the good content at the beginning, the first 10 photos. I'm going to have a thumbnail of that vehicle. I'm going to have in that thumbnail, I'm going to point it to the left. That's a second best practice. Point that vehicle to, actually, I'm sorry, we're going to point that vehicle to the right. If my car's listed online on a site like autotradercars.com, I want to point that car toward my descriptions, toward that price. So I want to take that car and I want to point that vehicle going left to right. And that will actually draw the customer's eyes. If you look at any kind of marketing, marketing 101, it's called visual direction. You want to lead the eyes of the consumer on that ad. So the photo wants to lead into our comments and descriptions. But after that thumbnail, I want to have all the goodies. The customers are going to want to see 
the nav, the roof. So we're, we're working real hard on that thumbnail. We're doing descriptions that talk about how it's a clean Carfax one owner with nav, second row captains, third row seat, rear entertainment. They're clicking on that car because they want to see that info, confirm that it's there before again they take that 30 minute trip to the dealership to maybe work out a deal or to call the dealership to get more information on that car. So I encourage dealers to move all that roof nav to the second, third, fourth, and fifth photo. Good thumbnail and then have all the goodies at the beginning. As a matter of fact, um, with my company, we actually help dealerships do that kind of stuff. But what we want to do is we work, we work it as like a walk around. I always talk to dealerships about how internet, you want to manage it no different than if that customer's sitting on your showroom floor. Uh, no different in our email communications. I want to uh, talk to customers that way on the phone and or while they're shopping online. And, and if they're on my physical lot, I would actually pull up the car and I'm going to show do a walk around. So I'm going to present my car in that order. I typically would encourage dealers, what we do is we'll have an open door driver shop, then behind the steering wheel shop, then maybe a dash shop, then the nav, then the roof, then the third row, you know, or then the, you know, the rear entertainment, then the second row, then the third row, then cargo space. Walk that customer around the car like they were on your physical lot. So if we can get the photo order, yes, the first nine photos, if we have good content there, could lead to more, more leads. So I agree with that. Have good, strong nine photos. But I'm going to have 30, 40, 50 other photos of that car there again to hopefully get the customers confident to call, email, and show up on my lot. Now, again, back to that car story study is they said that cars with only nine photos convert higher. And this is where I don't think they did deep enough because these that type of study was actually done on what I call second and, and third tier sites. You can contact them and confirm this. This is done on sites that is not AutoTrader, not Cars.com, not off dealer sites. They're on sites like AOL Motors and things like that. So these are kind of the second and third tier type of sites. So a lot of those sites, one, might only hold nine photos. Again, a little clarification on that car store. If you want to reach out to us, that'll be fine. Two, um, some of those nine photos might be very limited on the information. If it's all nine exterior photos, that kind of forces the customer to maybe call or email you and say, hey, does it have a roof? Does it have third row seat? And so, yeah, I'm going to have an increase in communications or people reaching out to me, but how good are those quality of leads? So, again, it's not about the leads. It's about driving traffic and selling cars. The other thing is a lot of those second and third tier sites will get a the data ends up there by a free fee. Uh, for example, a company like Dealer Specialties will do your photos for you. They do a good job in you know, making sure your cars are photoed and online, but they also distribute it out to some free sites for you, Lemon Free Autos, AOL Motors, and maybe some other sites like that. And if you're not paying some of those sites, your cars can end up advertised on there, but they don't have the dealer's name, or maybe they only take nine photos of your 40, and if all first nine are exterior photos, it's going to generate more calls. So, again, I'd like a deeper dive and some more information. Car Story, if you're interested in maybe doing an interview with us, that would be great to kind of dig through some of that stuff. So I, I, I truly believe 30, 40, 50 photos, shoot, take 100 photos. But it's all in the quality of that photo. And, again, we're going to interview our expert on some of those tips and techniques to get a good quality photo. But, two, it's that content. So another example I give dealers, I mean, if I could take 100 photos, great. But here's the problem. If I got 100 photos... And again, the only reason why I do something like that, if I'm selling a Dodge Viper online, um, 
on eBay and hoping somebody from California might bid on it and buy it sight unseen, then I'm going to expose that car as much as I can. I might have 100 photos. But I can't take those same 100 photos and put it into my cars.com, auto trader, or maybe my website because they might only hold 25, 40 photos. And again, if I did 100, the first 20, 30, 40 of those, or the first 10, 20 of those photos might be just exterior pictures. So my 100 photos all of a sudden show up on cars.com where they can only hold 48 and the first 30 are exterior pictures. So again, it comes down to content and photo order. Again, first tip, thumbnail, good exposure. We're going to give you some examples and best practices and tips on that first thumbnail. Point it to the right. There's actually been a study done by a big dealer group that pointed the cars one to the right for a whole month. This is a big dealer group like a Sonic or a Penske. For one whole month, they, they pushed all their photos one way to the right. Next month, they pushed all their thumbnails to the left, and they found that the cars, when they went from left to right, when they're pointing into that ad, they got a 7% increase in conversion rate. So, you know, when they do a study like that, and again, I've looked into it. It's marketing 101, visual direction. That's the first tip. Second tip, do your goodies. Move all that. Don't have your sunroof at photo 10 at the, or, or photo 30 at the very end of that. Sometimes when a customer goes onto those sites, they don't know they can click through page 1, page 2 of photos, or their computer might lock up. If it does, they get frustrated, they're out, they don't know if it has a sunroof or missing opportunity. So the second tip is to what kind of order. So from here, what I want to do is we're going to get an interview. Again, Brett Branson, who works with Lot Pop, he actually looks at hundreds of cars a week as he's doing a virtual lot walk for that dealer, touching the cars, making sure the photos are what they're supposed to be, the comments are supposed to be, be a match up to those photos. He's looking at hundreds of cars, touching thousands of photos. I want to get his expert opinion on, you know, maybe some cameras, what to use, what not to use. Is your phone good enough? What kind of lighting should we use? If I'm outside, what's good angles or good lighting? What, if we're inside, what's some tips and techniques to make our car stand out? So without further ado, I need to shut up, stop talking. I'm going to bring Brett in, and we're going to interview him and get you some more best practices. Hey, Jason Rice, Lot Party here. We're back, and I've got brought in Brett Branster. He actually works at Lot Pop. He's, he works with the dealerships going through what we call the virtual lot walk, making sure their photos and descriptions are standing tall, and also rearranges photos. So Brett actually, like I said earlier, will go through what, hundreds of cars a week, yeah, thousands of photos. Yeah. And so I wanted to bring his insight in. Also, uh, your background a bit with photography. You went to college in Columbia, Columbus, or Columbia in Chicago. Columbia and then uh, we also, you did Salento, which is a high-end photography uh, with Live Touch. studio mm -hmm. with yeah. Live Touch, which is nationwide. Anybody does uh, sports photos or high school photos, Live Touch is everywhere to even department stores. Uh, this is their high-end. And then, again, now you're working with Lot Pop, helping dealerships doing better performance with their photos. Mm -hmm. Um, how long have you been doing photography? Uh, I've been in the field for about eight or nine years. Okay, so you get a lot of experience on that. And again, what we're trying to do is bring some best practices to dealers, maybe showing some examples of things that work and don't work. I know you have some clients, or we have some clients that have studios, and some yes. take some outside. Mm -hmm. um, which even, what would you recommend for a dealer to do if they could? Well, always if possible, have studios. Uh, studios are great because you have complete control over your situation, whether comes to weather, lighting, anything and everything you have control over. So, um, I mean, you can take everything from, you know, you can control you if you want to use overhead lighting with uh, fluorescence to studio lighting. 
um, and everything like that. And then when you're outside, you're kind of more to, you have to worry about the weather and what the sun's like, if it's cloudy, if it's a sunny summer day, if it's raining. So it all possible, always, always have a studio. And I think the biggest benefit of that weather being is turnaround time. You know, we're going to talk a lot on this show about inventory management and turning that inventory to be the most profitable. And when dealerships, especially here lately, he got held up from not being able to go in studio or in a dealership and give us some tips because of rain. Now, that can hold the dealership up three or four days and not having the ability to go out and do photos because of that. Not only that, you might get a car detail today. It sits outside. You can't get it till tomorrow, and it's dirty or it got rained on again. So it really throws things off. Uh, but I know dealers struggle with space um, to be able to do that. Um, but with studios, what's some of the tips you think um, dealerships need to do, both with maybe flooring or backdrop or lighting themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've noticed some dealerships that have used um, clever spaces in their studios as or in their lots as studios. Uh, you can use, I mean, anywhere that has nice flooring or even nice blank white walls will work perfectly um, that you can fit a car in. There are some studios um, that I've seen that have kind of the, the long fluorescent bulbs. Um, and we have an example of a, of a car that kind of shows the that problem is the long bulbs cause these long white streaks on the cars. And sometimes when it's a white, tan, gold car, it's not as noticeable, but anything darker, you're gonna see these really distracting long white streaks on the cars. So, um, I mean, we can talk about more about diffusing light. I always talk about diffusing is one of the most important things you can do with whether it be outside or inside. Um, if you can take these long bulbs or studio lighting or sunlight or anything like that and diffuse it with multiple different tools to take that long streak or that very focused light and make it even across the photo. So we, got, we can pop up um, some examples here mm-hmm. of some of those tools. One of them would be... Uh, it's called a scrim. scrim. It's, a, it's a studio product. It's very easy to come by. It's... Basically, uh, image here. Uh, yeah, basically, okay. it's a vinyl piece of uh, white fabric uh, mm-hmm. that you can pretty much get anywhere. Amazon, I mean, you can get online, you can get it in a kind of hardware store. Uh, and it basically, you would just hang it over your light source, okay. um, whether that be outside, you can hang it in your windshield and make the in- interior shots nice and, and uh, crisp. Or in studio, you can hang it over your lights on your ceiling, or if you're using studio lights, to kind of take that harsh light and diffuse it evenly across the photo, which gets, way, gets rid of shadows, stuff like that. Now the dealer did a uh, tile floor. He took a, a service bay. He tiled the floor, and he actually did black wall, which actually looked kind of nice. And, of course, he had the shop fluorescent lights above. Mm-hmm. But he told me he went and bought a – so that was cheap setup. But he went and bought a used parachute. Maybe it had a hole in white and just draped it across, and it gave it a nice, subtle white. Absolutely. So you can even do – I mean, yeah, and I say that everybody. I mean, even if you're on an extreme budget, I mean, you can literally take a, a nice sheet. I mean, I know it kind of sounds crazy, but you can literally take anything that's white fabric – um, that will show light through it, and it will help diffuse that light evenly. Um, of course, a little bit more professional product is better, but if, if you want to play around and just see what your budget allows, you can do pretty much anything. Now, to give you guys some hint or some information here, we're sitting on a green screen, and I got some lighting, and I bought the, my initial video kit, probably 130 bucks from Amazon. Now, since then, we've bought a... It's called an Alien B. It's a studio lighting system. Alien B. <laughs> yes. And what does that do for us? Uh, it's, it is actually the uh, studio standard for majority of photographers and professional studios. It's, it's a very standard light. Uh, what's great about it is you can adjust it. So if you're in a very low light setting, you can adjust it really high. You can adjust it really low. Um, it comes with, a, uh, with an option to 
attach diffusers or scrims or anything else you need to it to give you any kind of lighting situation. So that's great for video, but not what we're doing a video right now, but it's great for photography. Absolutely. I always make a joke. It's that, you know, when they take that photo, it it's actually that, that flash yeah. and it makes that noise. And that's what this thing does. And what does that run us? About $400? For the that? whole setup, it was about 400 yeah. That's the stand, the light, and the diffuser, Correct. or the mm-hmm. scrim, or whatever they call yeah. it on here. And, and he was suggesting that you know, dealers, if you do have a studio, to be able to use something like this to, again, end those streaks. What other examples do you have that are maybe good and bad for us to get? Maybe we can pop up here and show some dealers. Uh, yeah, so for example, this picture right above us, uh, this is a Ford Fusion, um, pretty basic car. Uh, but the problem with this one is the photographer, one, looks like he's using a uh, phone, which I can go into a little later. But when you're using a phone, it doesn't really have a way of, um, you can't really focus on the lighting and shadowing, so it kind of just takes it as it is. And so you're seeing, what you're seeing in this photo is his shadow. Uh, he's standing, the light's behind him, the sun is behind him, and you're seeing his shadow on the car. And it's this shadow so hard that you can't even see the car at all. You see him, his shadow, and that's basically it. Um, also, this shot right here, this is a um, steering wheel shot of a Ford uh, Explorer. Um, again, the shadows and the lights are so dark and so bright that all you're seeing is the harsh shadow and harsh sunlight. You don't see any details of the car. What can help fix that? Uh, like I said, you can take literally a piece of scrim fabric. It's, a, it's just that white vinyl sheeting and put it in the, um, the windshield of the car. Um, that on will the outside, drop on the, the outside. Windshield. You can literally just put your blades over the over the scrim, kind of hold it in place. And uh, what that does is, if you direct the sun, I mean, if you park the car so the sun is shining through the windshield, it will it will diffuse all the light and basically give you nice even lighting throughout the entire thing. This is a, an awesome example of a, of a website I found um, called Carvana that basically they do fantastic on-site photography. Yeah. Um, and I, the only tool that they use is their camera and they have, and their, their scrim in the windshield. Now, one of the things, and you got some other examples, but one of the things I think for dealers is we talk about, okay, what does this do for me? What's my ROI? And think about it. If I was a consumer and I seen a, a photo of a, a vehicle with some of the bad examples we might give here, and it's sitting in, maybe in the back of the lot next to a trash can or even maybe a decent part of your lot, but not very detailed, shadowy, and just not very crisp versus an example like we just gave here. To me, if you're asking two, three, four, five hundred dollars more, if I got a car that's displaying awesome, I've bought cars off of dealerships who do a phenomenal job with their photos, and I said, yeah, I want it, I'll put a deposit down, and then I go up and show up, either have them deliver it to me, or buy it, based on the fact that their photos are doing so good. And I think that brings more value to customers if I seen one with bad photos taken at the back of the parking lot by a trash can, one crisp clear, and you're five hundred dollars more, but you can show that just the display itself shows that it could be worth that much more, I probably want to come to you first. Now, if it's not what I uh, what I expect it when I get there, or maybe I'm going to try to negotiate down to the other one I seen, but. You're going to get my attention first, even if it's a little bit more money. That gets you a good ROI. And there's, these are perfect two examples right here behind us. We have, they're both uh, CRVs. I believe they're both 2013s. Mm-hmm. Uh, one does have leather, one's a fabric, which obviously is going to be a little different. But you can definitely tell the difference. One is a website that puts effort into the equipment and the photography of their cars. And the other one is actually one of the largest dealers in this area that I was honestly really surprised to see. It was, it's, it's, you could. It looks like something you just a snapshot it with their phone, yeah. and I mean, I would I would spend two, three hundred, five hundred dollars more on the one above than I would on the one below, um, just merely because it looks. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I tell dealers all the time. I mean, and I, 
I can go to Home Depot and get more detail on a $200 set of patios or even a picture or go to Target and look at some big pins and get better photos sometimes. Now, they only got to take a picture of one big pin and it can sell thousands and we got to do new cars all the time over and over. But that's just an example. Customers get more and more comfortable buying online and, and um, not saying that we got to put all of our process and sell our cars online, but the more we can give them, the better. We want to mirror what they're seeing out there. And when I got I'm going to give you an example of a $40,000 car with some bad photos. It just doesn't do justice to kind of what we're spending. And if you as a dealer can invest money into this equipment, it, it might seem like a lot of money that you're putting up front, but if you think about the long run, if you're getting better photos, turnarounds, I mean, you're going to sell more cars. It's a pretty simple aspect. Mm-hmm. And you can get a decent camera nowadays, I mean, for what you're wanting for four or 500 bucks. Yeah. And then by the scrim and you know a couple maybe little minor things that you would need i would say you're not going to spend more than eight nine hundred dollars if you're for a really good like for like a you know nice setup for a photographer do you have any other examples for us um well i mean obviously i have a couple good photos these are i mean these are uh uh like i said there's there's a couple there's one website called bp uh it's b-e-p-i and then there's uh cardvana and both of them are fantastic websites that give amazing opportunities you kind of look in their dealer or look in their inventory, and these are all on site. These are outside um, of people using real camera, real equipment, and you can kind of see the difference of what everyday people are using and what these guys are using. And it's not that big of a difference as far as equipment goes. So, so if you're going to give a best practice or tip, lighting, spend a little, money on, spend a little lighting on your equipment, absolutely. If, if, uh, at least get the scrim. Yeah, the scrim. I mean, the scrim's fantastic. And Inside or outside, get the scrim. Yeah, and if you can't, find a spot on your lot or even somewhere closer. It's just, it's shaded. You have nice, even lighting. Shadows. If you see shadows outside on the ground, you're going to see shadows in your photos. One other quick tip, and I wanted you to confirm, is I, I heard from a dealer who got from another photographer saying, step back from the car, zoom in. You know, if you get real close to a product, you can only see so much. If I step back, I get to see the sides and top. And he said, step back on a car, you get to see all three sides, mm-hmm. roof, hood, side, but then zoom in the camera to get it to fill the photo, the, the picture part, and that way you're going to see the same amount of car, but it's pulled in. Is that another? Absolutely, and I've always been taught this across the photography board. I mean, if, if you can always zoom into a photo, you can never zoom out. So um, after the photo's taken, so you know, if you want to take a photo kind of further out, you can. It would be better to zoom in and and get more detail and to get all that done than to have it too close. You know, so I, I would definitely recommend staying a little far back, but also getting it so that you can see what's in the photo. Hey, Jason Rice, back from hopefully a great interview from Brett Brandsetter there. Give you some insight and some tips on what to do with your photography, what's good, what's bad. And I, like I said, I wanted to end this with some fun. You know, I've got, over the years have come across some bad photos of dealerships. I, I say they're uh, funny photos, but, you know, it's really not that funny. So I want to take some of the best examples that I have here to kind of wrap up this show. And uh, before I do that, too, next week, what we plan on doing is having uh, going over visiting and talking and interviewing dealers from small towns, those struggles, those, those small dealers competing against these big guys and maybe some of those struggles that they have and some of the benefits they have as a smaller dealer. And if you're a bigger dealer that say, hey, you know, I don't know about that show for me, I want you to watch this show too because a lot of times you, uh, I don't appreciate what I have. I don't appreciate some of the things in my life. And I think living in those bigger markets or working in those bigger markets, sometimes you take advantage or you don't realize some of the added advantages that you do have. And I think this would give you some good insight. So here to wrap up the show, let's give you some examples. First one I have here. It's just normal. This is dash lights lit up like a Christmas tree. It's a $19,000 car. We get it. The guy just turned the photo or the gal 
turn the car over when they took the photo. We understand that, but the consumer may not. They might think there's something really wrong with this car, so we definitely got to get away from that. This one here is really funny. It looks like the car got the seat got decapitated. It doesn't have a headrest on the passenger seat. Again, that's really going to have a hard time selling that car. If you're not doing what I call the virtual lot walk and watching for things like this, you're going to have your cars out there with these consumers. I want to touch on that a, a little bit. I call it a virtual lot walk. We do our physical lot walk, touch cars, make sure they're standing tall in line. But you got to go online and touch these cars and make sure and validate exactly what's out there, what the consumers see. Here's another one. I mean, here's a studio, like we talked about, best practice, and here's a guy peeking around the corner. And now, it might have been taken as a photo as a joke, but that ended up, as you can see here, on the dealership's website, which means it's on these third-party sites. So even as funny as it might have seemed when we did it, we're putting that out there for the consumers to see. Another one, look at this guy in the background. This is a picture of a sunroof feature. Look at this guy in the background with his head buried in his head. Obviously, he's stressed out about something. You don't want that out there as you, for the consumers to see. Now, this next one here is uh, it's kind of funny. I had a dealer that we're going through when I was with Viato. He's struggling selling this truck. He's like, I don't know what the heck's going on. Why can't I sell this truck? So I said, well, let's go look at how it's listed online. We clicked on the car, and the first thumbnail of the Sierra was of a vet. Now the rest are truck photos, you might be able to see there, but obviously you're not going to get the clicks when the customer's scrolling down trucks and sees a Corvette there. So that was a big issue, we had to fix that. Um, next one, check this out. This is a $38,000 Jag. This was what I was talking about earlier. And somebody actually took a picture of the dash that says brake pads low. Now, I don't know what the mindset is of that person when they took that picture. How did they not see that? And what did they think that was a good picture to take? But a $38,000 Jaguar says brake pad low. Next one, this is the best, and we'll wrap it up with this one. This guy was trying to be proactive, take pictures of his cars before they went online or before they were ready. So he took it in the service bay. Now, the car is dirty. I wouldn't recommend this. I'd at least wash it, set it to the side, take some temporary photos. But look at the back corner down here. You can't see it, but that bumper sticker right there, it says, at least I could still smoke in my car. Now, come on. How many customers will buy a car that, you know, has been smoked in once that, one thing, two, that we're actually promoting it? So if you're going to do temporary photos, maybe take the bumper stickers off. So I hope that was a great show for you. We're going to wrap it up again next week. We're going to talk to small stores. If you need anything, if you want to reach out to us, give us some show ideas, just email me at jrice at Thanks.